1: football
2: canton ohio hello and welcome to another episode of the college to canton podcast it is still the perfect show for any and every college football or nfl fan and i am your host travis may and you can find me on twitter or x at ff underscore travis m and i'm joined again by my co-host stefan leco you can find him at stefan leco l-a-k-o on twitter uh and if you're joining us for the first time and many of you may be joining for the first time because uh Something blew up uh, on social media this week, and and that, that was great. It was, it was great to interact with a bunch of uh, more of you than I usually do on a weekly basis. But uh, if you're new, the College to Kenton show is just really about the journey of the best football players from beginning to end, from high school recruiting to college to NFL draft to how they actually pan out in the pros. And so we break things down, pivoting back and forth between college football and NFL, Uh, And this week, we're actually going to take some time to take a look at the 2024 NFL Drafts and players that are going off this fall in a pivotal season, whether it be their junior year and they're going to be an early declare or they're a a 27 year old now at this point, because they used every single last year of their eligibility, including the COVID year. Uh, And uh, they're going to be entering the 2024 NFL Draft. And we're going to be doing it rather than, you know, NFL uh, 32 picks style. Uh, it's just going to be through a fantasy football lens like we like to do from here um, <laughs> here and there. i uh, going to do a 12-pick in each round, two-round rookie mock draft for uh, fantasy football leagues, uh, for dynasty leagues, that is. And uh, it's basically uh, going to be a super flex format, like we've, we've done this before, uh, where you can start uh, multiple quarterbacks if you like, and uh, also assume tight end premium scoring. But before we jump into that, stay fun. It's good to be back recording with you. We took a little bit of a break here, uh, but we're back at it, uh, and so it's good to see you.
3: Yeah, man, it's uh, it's good to be here. I uh, I feel great. I'm uh, a couple days out of surgery on my knee and so I've got some interesting medication cocktails going on here but uh, we're just talking about like these players who we follow their careers from you know college all the way to hall of fame and it was only like two years ago that we were talking about Russell Wilson as like being on that trajectory already had a Super Bowl putting up big numbers and now it's just just a couple years later and he looks completely washed. Like yeah. we're watching the Broncos game right here. Like right now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's just interesting how quickly things can change in the NFL. It really
2: is crazy. Uh, the wheels can seemingly come off uh, at any point in, in players careers. Uh, you know, the NFL stands for not for long. And that is the case with many players. Uh, but we're going to get into some players that hopefully their careers are a little bit longer than <laughs> <Yes>. the, uh, <laughs> uh, then some of the, uh, you know, you know, the typical bus might be. I'm going to be taking a look at some of these uh, top college football players, and we're just going to alternate. I'll give you the first pick, the 1.01 here, and we'll go through 12 picks. Imagine this is a fantasy football league, and uh, obviously Stefan and I wouldn't be just playing each other (laughs) with 24 picks here. But we're going to get 24 names for you guys to put in in your back pocket or to uh, add to your watch list or to just kind of plan ahead and get into uh, the prep process for rookie drafts already if you want to. Because uh, I know some of you guys do that. <laughs> but, uh, stay uh with the first pick in the, you know, I guess this is our, I guess our technical first mock. The 2024 Rookie Mock Draft 1.0. Uh, who are you going to select?
3: So, I don't know what you were doing last Saturday night. Uh, but I stayed up awfully late watching a crazy triple overtime game. <clears throat> and it came down to, you know, in that third overtime, it's just exchanging two-point conversions. And basically what the Trojans did was they rolled Caleb out to the right and he just had to beat one man. And uh, Lincoln Riley had faith in Caleb that he would be able to juke him out of his shoes, and sure <laughs> enough he did, and he just walked into the end zone, uh, sucked up. But the dude is just incredible. He's got such great mobility. Um, he can move around the pocket so well. He can run if he needs to. But he's also super accurate at all levels of the field. Uh, Caleb Williams, and, and I, I hate the term generational uh, because I think we talked like about 15 players, uh, and that's just not how math works. But I do think he has the potential to be very, very special in the league uh, for a long time, and and most certainly will be the uh, QB one taken, uh, the number one pick overall taken um, in the NFL next year.
2: Yeah, I don't like to overuse the term generational, but if somebody's going to be that, might just be Caleb Williams. We have talked about him for. Uh, three seasons now, and uh, at the beginning of his freshman year, he wasn't even the starter at Oklahoma. But he goes off down the stretch in the back half of the season and puts together like a 95th percentile year for any college quarterback, and he did so as a true freshman. He followed it up with just as an impressive or better effort last season, and he's on pace to have an even better year uh, by most every measure this season. Like when I build a a custom QBR every year to just kind of monitor and and. Uh, you know, where quarterbacks are playing as opposed to like the the average quarterback play across the entirety of college football. It's a 12 12 pronged model that I build every single week to kind of monitor and make sure our pricing kind of makes sense for mojo and you know it, 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 don't need to get into the details there, but uh, he basically breaks it. like he in and, and most years and nobody's gonna even be above like 100 it's not suppo- it's supposed to kind of cap at 100 because of like how the distribution is built but he's like over 110 right now because he's just off the charts in every measurable way and so uh he might not be generational but he also might just be truly a uh, generation so so I, I am really excited to see what happens with caleb williams but he's been the first pick in the 2024 nfl draft and the first pick in everyone's fantasy draft for a while now
1: um, yeah, kind of that
2: sure. actually in single quarter, I would probably at this point to end single quarter, single quarterback leagues, uh, consider taking him first overall. I know may, maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. Is like the, the chalk pick there, but he's really, really close if not up there. So two quarterbacks, you're obviously going that direction here. Second pick. It's a little bit up, up for grabs. Like you know, between two or three names, you could kind of throw up in this range. Uh, yeah. But, I'm
3: curious to hear where you go right here. Cause it's, uh,
2: it'll, uh. Yeah, let's well, hear it. I'm going to go with Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State, and it seems like he's been, he has been consensus kind of mock drafted uh, for I don't know a month now as the second overall pick in the NFL draft behind only Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, Olufashanu, Drake May, Jared Verse, Joe Alt. You know, a few other guys. You know, have seen some love with the, the second overall slot in a bunch of the mock drafts. Uh, this off-season and early in the college football season. But it seems like this this dude just looks like, uh, you know, he might even be better than his Hall of Fame dad <laughs> at, at some point.
3: Right, uh, having yeah.
2: the, the year that he did just a season ago, uh, putting up just bonkers numbers, even while sharing the the load with some uh, future NFL players around him. Um, and he's got prototypical size. He's got amazing speed. And the measurables are going to be really impressive, I think, once once we get to the combine. Like, he's already – He's been in kind of like combine prep mode for over a year at this point, just knowing like he was going to come out uh, this draft. And so I, I can't wait to see his hype continue to build because I think he's likely going to be the second overall pick in next year's NFL draft. And so it makes sense to me uh, that right now, if, if we were holding the draft today, that I would take the safest projection to have that kind of capital at a position uh, that, that holds its value for a very long time. So Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC, Marvin Harrison, Jr. wide receiver, Ohio state to kick things off. And back to you, Stefan. pick three. I think there are a couple of different directions you can go here as well.
3: Yeah. But you know, me last year, we, uh, we, we started the hashtag Drake for a reason. And while Drake has had, you know, he had a kind of a slow start to the year in his first three games, he had, you know, four picks and four touchdowns, like not a great start, but he's really turned it around. And I know, um, Syracuse isn't the best. Pitt's not the best. But he absolutely dismantled those teams, um, putting up over 750 yards in those games, throwing for four touchdowns and zero picks. Drake May is back. Uh, he's going to have another big game against Miami this weekend, just further elevating his his draft stock. Uh, I think Drake May is going to end up being a very safe play. He has that great size that the NFL uh, guys like, but he also has – like. Because he's white, people might say sneaky athleticism, but there's nothing sneaky about it. Like, Drake May can move really well as well. So, uh, Drake May would be uh, my next pick. And, um, you know, I would be tempted to take him as early as uh, 102 if I did need a quarterback. Uh, But I I obviously like your Marvin Harrison pick too, but, uh, but I like Drake May a lot.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and he's, he kind of had a slow start in terms of uh, his actual bo- like box score stats on the on the season, but he kind of cleaned it up this this past week against Syracuse in a dominating uh, win against. Uh, them. it was like forty to seven or something like that. He had over four hundred passing yards and a trio of uh, passing touchdowns. So can't knock you for going that direction with uh, Drake May at, at pick uh, four uh, because he's just uh, he he's just legit. He's just incredible, and I can't wait to see. Uh, what he does at the next level as well to me uh, he's kind of a lock to be the quarterback too and for a while ha- that's just been the case I know some people have uh you know fallen for a couple other names uh Shador Sanders uh being one of them uh he's not even going to come out into this draft anyway um it seems like his dad's already kind of said he's not going to um and not that it's up to Deion Sanders to make that decision but... <laughs> I
3: mean it might be we don't know
2: yeah, we don't well, know It, it might be. the
3: dynamics there. <laughs>
2: But it seems like uh, that we're really trending in that direction, and, and knowing that Shador doesn't want to be second to anybody, even though he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't even be top five quarterback this year. But we don't need to get into that just yet. Um, there, there are a few other names that you could put up in the conversation, but I think when it's all said and done, uh, Drake May's arm talent and mixed with his mobility and his incredible season last year, I think he's going to have an even better one down the stretch here. Um, you know, and North Carolina as a team is doing really well, so I think. He's going to be in the mix uh, to be in the Heisman race once once it's all said and done. I know the slow start doesn't help, but he could put up some bonkers numbers and might have oh, to yeah, he can do it for him. North Carolina to kind of stay uh, in the mix this year down the stretch. Uh, but after this, it's really tough because do I take a shot at who I think is going to be the quarterback three right now in this slot? Or do I go with a player that I think is going to be a lock for top 15 pick at a skill position that is incredibly, incredibly valuable in the tight end premium format,
3: and uh, to me, it's after... not close. To me, it's not close. And you, really? to me, it's 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 Brock Bowers. Okay,
2: okay. You're making the pick for me, but I I will do it. Will, <laughs> I'm just going with Brock freaking Bowers because uh, we did this uh, what a couple of years ago with Kyle Pitts. And uh, I know we've been bitten on that. He has not uh, lived up to the hype in terms of production on field. Uh, But as a prospect, he was phenomenal. And athletically, he was amazing. Uh, Brock Powers is going to be uh, an alien when it comes to his testing as well. And uh, we've already seen him dominate since uh, he was a true freshman, uh, being one of the most productive tight ends in the country uh, in back-to-back-to-back years at this point. And so to me, uh, there's no question that he is the most elite tight end prospect in this class and it really does rival Kyle Pitts in many ways once his profile is complete I think we're going to look at them side by side and go wow man if Brock Bowers and Kyle Pitts have been in the same class they might have just gone 101 and, <laughs> 101 and 102 uh, right. in, in some formats because they're just that uh, freaking good so Brock Bowers tight end Georgia he can just take over games his production profile uh, is insane and I know this year he, st- he started off slow and didn't have to you know, dominate uh, to the extent that we had seen him do so before, but he's really connecting with Carson Beck. It has taken Carson Beck a few weeks to kind of get up to speed. It clearly did when j- just him find his stride and just get comfortable within the offense. But Brock Bowers now has back to back to back weeks of 120 plus receiving yards, four touchdowns over the last three weeks. And so he might put up even more insane numbers that they needed to do. last year. He's on pace now. Uh, for over a 1,000 receiving yards, almost 1,100 receiving yards in the Crazy. regular season. So uh, it could be that he has 1,500 receiving yards if they make it back to the national championship. And as a tight end in college at a position where they just don't produce like that in college, you do not see that ever. Uh, we could see the best production profile at the position in the history of college football.
3: Yeah, no, uh, I love it. That's exactly where I would have gone as well. And you'll be able to take your uh tie your uh, quarterback regardless because I'm gonna throw you a curveball here, um, and I'm going to go. uh, I'm gonna take a player who has also um put been putting up hundred yard games. He has four hundred yard games out of five this year. He's got four touchdowns on the year. I'm talking about Washington State. Washington's own Rome Adunze, six foot three, two fifteen. I really do think he's gonna get really high draft capital. Um, and so I'm going to take him as the wide receiver, two off the board. Um, Emeka Agbuka, I think, has uh, been banged up a bit this year. Uh, Roma Dunze just continues to produce. Uh, so that's where I'm going to go. Do you think that's too high? Would this be like... When we used to have three of us doing this with Matt Wispay, we had vetoes. Would Would you veto this one? <laughs> yeah, the, the
2: format where we could actually veto each other's pick. I think I would if if we had Wispay or any other third party here. I would actually veto this pick. But I, I do love that you're going with your guy, and you got to you know stick to that West Coast uh, representation right. and, and what remains of the Pac-12 <laughs> and their last yeah. uh, last year. Because uh, the Pac-12 is just they've been ridiculous this year. It's been a lot of fun incredible offense uh, across the board with elite quarterback play. And then really solid defense from some teams like UCLA has surprisingly been like a top five unit. Oh yeah. Uh, they've been real bad. Like, Yeah, Utah has been incredible. Oregon has been like just unstoppable. Uh, so it's just, it's going to be a fun and, and the, the Washington Oregon game is going to be amazing. So I really, I cannot wait to yeah. see that as well. Uh, to me, he has had an incredible season. I am interested just to see, you know, what narratives kind of surface around him, whether it is his actual top end speed or whether it is the scheme that he came out of because Kalen DeBoer's system is, you know, it's very air raid driven and it's a lot of improvisation uh, that they do with the the routes and, you know, uh, working kind of uh, schematic, uh, schematically opened uh, separation downfield and post and corner and and vertical kind of stem routes to kind of make players more open than they might be if they're actually in a one-on-one matchup. And so I think there's probably going to be some sort of narrative that pushes him down in a way that is, you know, he's still a first round rookie pick, but I think probably doesn't end up being in the 1.05 range necessarily. But this, this wide receiver class has several players that are up for debate in, in that wide receiver two uh, position. And I think Kadunze is, is in that mix. There's really like seven guys that I think could still surge late and be in the mix for wide oh, receiver yeah. two in the class. So. Uh, exciting to see. got to call your shot. You got yeah, to call your shot. Call your shot here with the Dunze. Uh, I'm going to go uh, with, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with the. I'm, I, and this is maybe boring, but I'm, I'm just going to go play it safe with another Ohio State wide receiver. And that is Emeka Abuka. And he is a versatile weapon. He doesn't get all the love that he, he would if, if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't his teammate. Uh, and he's not going to go off in the same way week to week that I think we might see down the stretch with Marvin Harrison because Marvin Harrison Jr. had like what, 15 targets or whatever last week. I mean, they, they basically just said, Hey, look, we're just going to go in the game. We don't care how many times they have to chuck it to Marvin Harrison. We're just going to do it. Uh, right. And so Ibuka doesn't get all the, the attention that he deserves, but I will say what's funny is um, as closely as I work on prospect analysis and predictive models for uh, all these players, it is fun just kind of tracking public sentiment on players and of the 500 plus players that I've been tracking that have been mock drafted somewhere in the past four months, how many players do you think have been taken in, uh, over, uh, 95% of first round mock drafts, how many players,
3: how many different players in the how many first round players do you
2: think have been taken in more than 95% of mock drafts in, in existence because I scrape all of them from the internet. Jeez. <laughs> is high, right?
3: Yeah. That's pretty high. There's 500
2: different players that have been mocked somewhere in some kind of mock draft format. I mean, there have been some seven-round mocks,
3: you know. (laughs) You just have to tell me because I I don't even know. It's actually only eight players.
2: And and I'm not going to ask you all the names. You you would probably recognize all of them. But Caleb Williams is one. Marvin Harrison Jr. is two. Drake May is three. Olu Fashano, offensive tackle, Penn State. Jared Verse, uh, verse Ed R- Edge Rusher, uh, Florida State, uh, Joe Alt off, offensive tackle of uh, Notre Dame, Brock Bowers, tight end Georgia, and then eighth name is Emeka Edbuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. He's been seriously a first round mocked player in 99% of like it, at this point, it's over 100 mock drafts <laughs> that have already been written up. And yeah. so there's pretty consensus, uh, you know, he, he's pretty consensus first round, and in this early, I know it's tough to project even this far out. Uh, but to me, I have loved the skill skill set for the three years he's been in college. He came in even at the beginning of the process. He was actually a higher rated recruit than Marvin Harrison Jr. He was the number one recruit in his recruiting class. Uh, and he answered the call when he was asked to play in slot. He answered the call when he was asked to win outside. And he's going to have a decent pro, uh, production profile himself. So uh, Emeka Ibuka, 1.06, wide receiver, Ohio State.
3: I like it. I'm going to stick with the wide receiver theme and I'm going to go with Malik neighbors, wide receiver. LSU really broke out onto the scene. Ah. He really broke out onto the scene last year when we were all expecting Kayshawn Boutte to be the guy and Malik neighbors just said, Nope, it's, it's going to be me from here on out. And, uh, this LSU offense with Jaden Daniels has been so fun to watch. And and he's not the only wide receiver in town. They've got a lot. And it also helps that their uh, secondary can't stop anyone. So they're just in these epic shootouts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Malik Nabors is the beneficiary of that. And I think he will be uh, a first round pick in the NFL draft. And therefore, I think, you know, second half of the first round is a great spot for him. I'm guessing by your reaction, you, uh, you were maybe looking at him uh, coming up here. I was just hoping he dropped just a little bit further, just,
2: you know, just to just just to say, oh, man, I got him at a value like, you know, late, late, late first round. But I I don't think he's going to be a late first rounder uh, in most people's uh, drafts at this point because of what he's been doing. uh, Absolutely going off almost 800 receiving yards in like six games. Uh, and really, it's going to be a race between he and I think Luther Burden down the stretch to see who is in the mix yeah. to go to New York as a wide receiver and, and be in the Heisman mix down the stretch. Because,
3: oh, you really think he could have that kind of. I mean, uh,
2: I mean well, what he's, he's done is incredible. Numbers. And people don't see Jaden, no matter how productive Jaden Daniels is, they're never going to see him that way. They're never going to think, oh, yeah, he's, he's deserving of the Heisman, even though he's like been the second best quarterback in all of college football this year, probably, right? Uh, like right. production wise. And so people just don't see him that way, and they assume that LSU like they assume that they're like this ground and pound team and whatever, and, and he still puts up those crazy numbers, but that's just not who they are anymore. They don't even have a good running no, back. No, not anymore. at all. No. And so like they, they have like Jaden Daniels is essentially the running back, uh, and so uh, so when he puts up the crazy numbers that he does, uh, I think he'll be in the mix. And I know Brian Thomas uh, Brian Thomas Jr. has grabbed a bunch of uh, touchdowns already this year, actually more than Malik neighbors has. But I think when it's all said and done, he's going to have an absurd uh, final tally in all of his stats. So he might be in the mix. Uh, He's probably going to be like in the top 10, top 15 at worst uh, in terms of uh, Heisman votes uh, at the end of the year, just because of uh, the absurd pace that he is on. Um, Right. And I I will say it's, it's interesting. We're entering at pick eight and we've not picked a running back.
3: Yet. I know it's interesting, and I'm curious um, yeah. who you're going to go with here because so, uh, the
2: class is not looking great right now. Because a lot of the guys that we wanted to go off and uh, re- repeat impressive performances haven't really uh, done it to the extent that we uh, expected them to, um, and even the player that I'm I'm selecting now hasn't had the absolutely go off moments outside of like a really long run uh, in the, in the Notre Dame game. Uh, so I'm actually going to take Trevon Henderson running back uh, Ohio State, but I'm not sure that we actually see a first round running back this year. We might see the first running back go, you know, around pick 35, 36, where teams right. start taking those uh, players that they plan on being the feature backs uh, at this point. It's, it's not every year that you have a B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs that people think is a, just a locked first round type talent, and even Gibbs wasn't a locked first round talent. We just we knew last year. Um, that Bijan Robinson was that dude, but we thought, Hey, there might not be any other first round picks and there might not be at the position uh, this past or this coming year. And really we're like, uh, I think three years in a row now, we've only seen three running backs go in the first two rounds. So this is not surprising that uh, the, the estimation is that we're not going to see a bunch of running backs taken early, but given how the season is going among the, the, the names that we thought would be dominating uh, it's just been a little bit uh, underwhelming. Bray- Braylon Allen has been uh, sharing targets uh, and, and char- sharing carries way more than we thought he would. Will Shipley has been good at times, but not in, in a truly elite way. Uh, Raheem Sanders has been hurt in the one game where he wasn't he wasn't uh, great either. There are some names that are rising up, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see where they go uh, in this particular mock. But I think the safest bet, given what the ceiling that we have seen, is Trevor and Henderson running back Ohio State.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's correct. I think he's the, the safest one. Uh, he's not been the most productive one. Um, I'm going to go with a dude who's just been crushing um, all of the Midwest and anyone that's in his path, and that's Blake Corum, running back Michigan. You and I were both kind of um, on the Donovan Edwards uh, might be better, but Blake Coram has really solidified himself as the RB1 and has done absolutely everything Michigan has asked him to do. So I, uh, I, I have had him, you know, for some of the reasons that you said, where some of the other running backs have kind of disappointed. Blake Quorum certainly has not. And so I have been moving him up, or maybe he's been staying the same, and I've been moving others down. Uh, but to me, it's it's him and then one other running back who I know you're also high on, so I'm not going to say his name uh, in case you, uh, you're, you're, you're tempted here. But I'm going to go with uh, Michigan's um, running back who uh, people are going to see a lot on TV um, as they go and make I think a playoff run here and maybe even get to the national championship game. Not a huge hot take there, but I think Blake Corum is going to be a guy that people are, are circling um, on on draft day because uh, I think he's going to get a little bit of capital and and there'll be some buzz around him.
2: Nice. I I am intrigued to see how he uh, ends up testing and I, I hope he stays healthy Uh, down the rest of the stretch this year. And I, I would love to see Donovan Edwards continue to succeed because he has not done so this early this season when he's been given the reins to the offense. He's been unstoppable, uh, when he's given like a feature back workload, but when he's in this change of pace role, he hasn't been incredibly productive this year. So yeah, Blake Corum not going to be in the Heisman mix. Like a lot of people thought, uh, last year, but he's going to be in the mix to be an early round pick at this point for sure. It seems Uh, Given uh, his incredible season last year. And now he's doing it again for a team that's probably going to be in the college football playoff. And, uh, you know, his quarterback might be uh, in the mix uh, to, you know, win a a bunch of awards down the stretch as well. And uh, that's actually who I'm going to take with the next pick. And I'm kind of surprising myself that I am doing it because honestly, I like a couple other quarterbacks better. um, Just in general. This would be.
3: This would be my veto pick, by the way. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But yeah. I want to talk it
2: through because JJ McCarthy, when we break it down, and a lot of people are confused when I, uh, you know, try to talk him up as a uh, future NFL starter because yeah, we've we've seen the lows. Uh, he had some uh, when he was just getting his feet under him as a starter last year. I, I, I every time I think about JJ McCarthy struggling and you know his upside at, at the pro level, I think of his Illinois game last year because uh, he he just did not look like a pro quarterback. But that defense actually was kind of stacked with several future NFL defensive backs, one of which went the first round, one went in the third round. Uh, it was a really good defense a year ago. And for the rest of the year, he kind of developed and, and became, um, you know, reaching at least the benchmarks that we like, like to see in terms of minimums uh, to project early round capital a year ago. Uh, and then this year, he kind of went and took it to another level. And I know it doesn't feel like that because he hasn't had to really go off and just put up bonkers Caleb Williams numbers because Michigan ends games by like, you know, the, the halfway through the, the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's like they're just kind of crushing people's souls. <laughs> um, but JJ McCarthy's actually wowing and being incredibly efficient as a passer and getting them there. Like, even when the run game is not doing it, he's finding a way to. Will them to victory and, and just being incredibly efficient as a passer. Uh, like this year, among every single sticking like draft eligible quarterback, like he's the number one in experience adjusted like uh, EPA per play. Like looking at year three uh, players this year, like uh, there's a couple others like Dylan Gabriel's like in the mix, but he's like year five. Like uh, Tyler Van Dyke was in the mix there for a second. He kind of struggled this past week at times, um, but he's year four. But year three quarterbacks are like early declare guys. Like he is the number one player in EPA per play, and you look at okay, that's just one stat, Travis. Okay, well he's right behind Caleb Williams in total adjusted net yards per pass attempt. Oh, and he's right ahead of Caleb Williams in experience, like adjusted, just like QBR. Like it's it's wild. Like down on the list, whatever stat you want to choose, like he's right there next to Caleb Williams this year, which is kind of blowing my mind.
3: Yeah, anecdotally, I like it because um, on my. <clears throat> Uh, gambling show that I have, Ready Bet Action, where you you graciously gave us some picks a couple weeks ago. Um, we do a DFS show, and like Roman Wilson was like my dude like the first three weeks of the season because you just getting touchdowns and touchdowns and touchdowns because mm-hmm. JJ McCarthy is a surgeon. Like he has great accuracy, he has the mobility to to get open. So uh, I lie I while I gave you a hard time and said maybe it's a little bit early, I do think McCarthy uh, ends up being a pretty safe bet because. He has just – I mean, I, I do wonder. I mean, it's Michigan, so I always wonder if these guys are going to stick around for uh, for another year or something like that if they don't end up winning it um, yeah. and doing something crazy. Um, I mean, he'll probably make just as much money as, as the quarterback for Michigan as he will <laughs> in the NFL. So it's maybe not that big of a deal. But, but yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, man. It's and it's just it's
2: like – Flex, this is the QB3. So whether that's going to be Michael Penix or whether it's Quinn Ewers or Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy – somebody's going to be in this mix. And I, I'm not necessarily even saying that whoever the quarterback three is even an early first round pick. I think what's most likely is Caleb Williams and Drake Mayer, early first round picks. And then the QB three ends up being like a late first rounder that goes to kind of like a more competing team or somebody who trades into the slot or something like that. Um, and, and that's where, where, where we don't mind actually see a quarterback drop to pick 10 in a super superflex rookie mock draft uh, situation. Uh, Cause if somebody goes top 10 they're going to probably go before pick 10, you know, Like, <laughs> it's just, we don't really right. know who that is, but if they go early first round, they're going earlier than this in all of your fantasy football drafts next year in terms of super flags. So pick 11 over to you uh, and then I'll round out first round and we'll go a
3: little bit faster on round two. Yeah. So I, I just going to go ahead and pick him now just so that I can talk about him a little bit more before we go to our lightning round and that's going to be Oregon transfer Florida State running back, Trey Benson. Do you like how I uh, I, uh, I I slid it in there to kind of throw you off? Uh, Trey, Benson just, <laughs> Trey Benson just came off a monster game, putting up 200 yards uh, with two touchdowns um, on the ground. He has uh, not had the opportunity to have a lot of carries so far. Like he's only had uh, like his high mark is 14, but that's kind of just the how the offense has been playing. I, I think he is an, absolutely phenomenal talent. He has the frame. He, he's tall and he's 215. He can run. I know you're a big Trey Benson fan. I thought you might have uh, already taken him by now, actually.
2: Yeah, actually, and Trey, Trey Benson, I think certainly is in the uh, running back one mix. Uh, and and that is largely in part to due to the fact that uh, the class has kind of struggled because he actually right. struggled at the beginning of, of this. Season. Oh yeah. Last year, he was incredible, but for his entire career, Um, like he consistently, and I just tweeted this out today. He seriously, he gets above 21 or 22 miles an hour, like way faster, like way more than you should as a running back. Like he is consistently one of the top 10 players, like fastest in the league, uh, quite often uh, uh, in any given week. And, uh, he's averaged like over four yards after contact per touch for his entire career. Uh, which if you did that for one season, that would be ridiculously elite. But to do that on average for your entire career is uh, kind of wild. That's like 99th percentile nonsense. So yeah. uh, I really love his play style. I hope he doesn't run angry to the point at which he kind of, you know, in, ends up being more, you know, injured more than he uh, probably should be. But uh, what he's done uh, for a couple of years now is uh, incredible. And putting up 200 yards this past week is a huge plus. So I'm not going to knock the pick. I think he should be in the running back one mix for the class uh, as of today. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes and how he tests out, but I'm really confident that he's going to be one of the top backs in this class. And at worst, you're looking at day two capital.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, I just think he's a, I think he's a good pick here at the end of round one, especially given the, the market for, for running backs in fantasy football. I mean, you should see some of the teams I have right now with all these injuries. I'm I'm, I'm going between, do I want tank Bigsby or Zach Evans this week? <laughs> so, uh, so that's just one league, but it's uh it's gotten real bad. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm going to go with a player that is
2: not uh, the very top of uh, the, these stats boards for his position uh, because um, he just hasn't had to be uh, this, this season. Uh, Xavier worthy wide receiver, Texas outside of this past week, you know, Texas was looking like a top five uh, team and even after the game it's like they they played really well against oklahoma they just you know fell short and oklahoma is probably a top 10 uh, team in the country as well so it was, a, it was a crazy game i'm always i always look forward to the red river rivalry which is way i'm going today. next year by the oh, way man, that's going to be incredible yeah um, but Willie really had a good game he had eight catches for over 100 yards and um you know he's not like uh you know 600 700 800 uh, yard receiver just yet. I think he actually will be down the stretch as they continue to gel uh, this year. But he's actually had at least 90 plus receiving yards or a touchdown in all five uh, in all. Uh, sorry, on all of, of the games this season. So Worthy has done really well um, this year, and I can't wait to see what he does down the stretch here. He's got he, he broke out as a true freshman with one of the most impressive like adjusted metric seasons we've ever seen at the wide receiver position. then he kind of leveled off and had like, you know, a normal benchmark year last year. And he's having another normal about benchmark year for what you like to see in terms of top 12 fantasy football wide receiver seasons uh, in terms of like projecting that they will kind of peak out in that range. Um, But, you know, he's not putting up bonkers Malik neighbors numbers. And so he's kind of losing some hype. But I think uh, at this point we're talking about him being like wide receiver five at this point. And uh, almost no way, given the conversations I've had with some real NFL staffers, that he's making it out of round one. So, um, if we're talking about a first-round wide receiver uh, at at the end of round one uh, for this mock draft, I will definitely take it.
3: Yeah, no, I, I love I love Xavier Worthy. I think that's a great a great pick right here. Nice, love to hear it.
2: Love to see you. we're on the same page. Wish we d- disagreed more, actually. <laughs> well,
3: you know. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 we both would have vetoed one of each other's picks. That's so true. It's We're true. Good. I
2: definitely would have uh, vetoed Dunze. You would have vetoed McCarthy. I'm intrigued to see where you go to kick off round two. But first, a word from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
1: mypatriotsupply.com.
2: All right, to kick off round two, let's see where you go here. Just to recap round one uh, of the 2024 Rookie Mock Draft 1.0, we had Caleb Williams, quarterback USC, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver Ohio State, Drake May, quarterback North Carolina, Brock Bowers, tight end Georgia, Rome Adunze, wide receiver Washington, Uh, Pick six, we had Emeka Emeka Abuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. Um, Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU. Trevion Henderson, running back, Ohio State. Blake Cornham, running back, Michigan. J.J. McCarthy, quarterback, Michigan. Trey Benson, running back, Florida State. And to round it out, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver, Texas. With the pick 2.01, the 13th overall in this mock draft, who are you going to select, Stephon?
3: So given that this is a tight end premium uh, league, I am going to go with JT Sanders. He has been banged up the last couple of weeks, so we haven't been able to see just how incredible he is. But if you remember back to that Alabama game, uh, he is a special talent. Uh, he runs that seam route so well, and he does not shy away from contact. He, he can make the contested catches, but he's also um, pretty quick. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to work very well uh, in the NFL as kind of a, I think he'll play the big slot quite a bit too. So uh Sanders at the tight end position, uh, is just kind of a fun way to start off uh, the second round. Nice. I'd love to see it.
2: Uh, Texas. We got Texas, Texas, and I'm tempted to go another Texas, but I'm not going I know, to. I know I was here.
3: hoping you would. <laughs> I'm not
2: doing it. Jonathan I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with Michael Penix jr. Quarterback Washington, and perhaps after this week we get some clarity as to who should be the best quarterback between the two. And it's not fair to necessarily you just you know look at the one game where they played each other and assume that the winner of that game is the better quarterback. And, you know people are probably going to do it, uh, but Michael Penix has been putting up absolutely bonkers numbers this year. He's another guy that kind of breaks my custom quarterback model that I try to build every year. Like he's still at this point averaging. <laughs> almost 11 yards per play by himself, which so is crazy. I mean, like, you know, and, and he's not even like a mobile guy that adds any value with his legs, like whatsoever in any way, shape or form. And he's one of the most efficient players in the country. He's averaging over 400 total yards per game, which I know the, the system, it, 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 makes it easier on quarterbacks, X or whatever, man. Like it, he's still putting up absurd numbers, almost a perfect passer rating. Uh, like over 12 and a half adjusted yards per pass attempt, uh, elite marks in every single meaningful passing mark expected points added, uh, you know, a total adjusted net yards per attempt. Um, he's, he's already just going to break it again in terms of my scheme adjusted pass efficiency, uh, system. And that's even adjusting for some things that artificially inflate his numbers. Uh, so yeah, Michael Penix, if it weren't for some less than clean medicals that I know were coming, I think he would be a much safer projection for quarterback three, but I think he's less mobile than he once was because of the injury history that he has had. Um, and so I, I am curious to where teams you know, end up with him out on their board. And so that's why he drops here. But he could very easily be a first round consensus uh, fantasy rookie pick everywhere um, because he's just an, an unreal passer that's going to have uh, multiple years above, above the 90th percentile threshold and just about everything that matters for quarterback projection.
3: I like it. I like it. And uh, I was kind of hoping you would go a different route uh, just for that Texas theme. But since you didn't, uh, I will. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with Quinn Ewers here. I still think he's going to be, I mean, this might be take lock. I still think he's going to be the the QB three taken when it's all said and done after UT, uh, after the Longhorns hoist the national championship. um, And he wins the Heisman trophy and my massive bets all pay off in spades. Quinn Ewers will be taken so high, it'll be lovely. No, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, he threw two picks last game. One of those was off a, uh, a bobbled pass. I think he uh, he's gotten a little bit unlucky. He has shown a lot of poise and leadership. Um, I think he's also shown the ability to throw the ball to all levels. Um, I, I'd love for him to... Uh, Maybe get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. Sometimes um, he's got that great offensive line, but I feel like sometimes he can rely on it a bit too much. But I do love Quinn Ewers here, so I will take him as uh, as is this QB five now off the board.
2: Yeah, five quarterbacks in the first fifteen picks, but in a class that's very deep and old and you know experienced with really solid uh, production profiles for the most part. Like we're gonna get pretty deep, I think, in a lot of these early mock drafts. Like I've seen a. a uh pretty silly uh, mock drafts here and there with like 8 9 uh, day 1 and day 2 quarterbacks guys like a, pl- a message to all mock mock drafters stop putting 8 or 9 or more like players inside the top 100 at the quarterback position i know there's and- a lot of good quarterbacks like just don't do it like that hasn't happened in 30 plus years so let's
3: just let's just quit but <laughs> and we can you can take shador sanders off already cuz uh, we'll make that one that, that's a freebie
2: yeah, and, and just stop putting... I'm not even going to mention the names because it's just so frustrating that they're even even mentioned. Um, but all, all five guys that we've we've get, got out here have been consistently uh, both mock-drafted in this range and have profiles that agree with, yes, they're probably going to be at the very worst uh, day one or day two uh, selection in this year's draft if they do choose to come into uh, or declare for the draft this year. So I like the selection here at yours. The arm talent's ridiculous. So even if his production profile isn't perfect like the nfl is going to love what yours does at his pro day they're going to love him at the combine uh, and it seems like he's really come around just from a personality personality standpoint like everyone around the program everything that i've been hearing everything you hear even on the broadcast like it's like he's, he's taking the next step in terms of maturing as a future franchise quarterback and you know keep in mind he did enter college a year early and so he still like should just be a sophomore in college and so he's Still a very young player, and yet he's on par with a lot of these guys we've already mentioned thus far, uh, despite being at least a year, in some cases, two or three or four uh, years younger. So I like the pick, and I definitely would not veto. Uh, I'm going to go because we have not actually gotten to five running backs off the board. In fact, this is going to be running back four off the board at at the 2.04 pick 16 overall. I'm going to go with Braylon Allen, a running back Wisconsin. Uh, back-to-back seasons with 1,200-plus rushing yards, not much receiving production to go with it. He still doesn't have a bunch of receiving yards this year for Wisconsin, uh, but he has been used in the passing game uh, more so this year already, averaging over three uh, receptions per game this year. So I think when we look at his production profile down the stretch this year, he might not even match the 1,200-plus rushing yards, but his overall yards from scrimmage marks are going to be better. He's going to prove that he can actually catch some passes as he really wanted to do and the scheme has required it of him this season with a new system, new coaching staff, new everything. Uh, and when he actually tests at his size, I'm not sure he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be a blazing four, three, something uh, guy, but he's like a six 240 pound monster who is, you know, breaking every weightlifting record ever. as like a 17 year old uh, entering his a true freshman year. He's been hyped up already two seasons in a row. Um, and we've just kind of gotten tired of talking about him, I guess, because, He's just a freak. But he if, if anybody's ever going to be the next Derrick Henry, uh, and they're not going to be, but if there was ever going to be somebody who might be that player, uh, it's going to be Braylon Allen running back Wisconsin. Yeah, we both like
3: Braylon, and I think we both uh, were hoping to see what you're saying um, even more in the passing game with um, the new offense that they put in there. Why is his name slipping my mind? Their new offensive coordinator. Uh, Longo, um, and so yeah, long ago. yeah, a little bit yeah, a little bit disappointing that we haven't seen more of it. But uh, but but maybe that's to come. Maybe maybe uh, we'll see a little bit more. Um, I'm gonna go to uh, the Pacific Northwest once again and go with my boy Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin is an absolute beast at wide receiver. Um, he is slight of frame, as you might say, but he uh, is absolutely dynamic. Uh, as a, as a route runner, as well as with the ball in his hands after the catch. Um, he is averaging over a hundred yards a game. Again, he's had uh, over a hundred yards in all but one game, and that was against Hawaii. And that was because he was watching the second half from the sideline. Uh, so he's been absolutely dominant. He's had a, a multi touchdown game in three of five games this year. Um, I think the world will be a little bit more familiar with him after this week. Um, on TV, you know, against Washington, Uh, I think it doesn't do him a whole lot of favors that he is uh, on the West coast, but Troy Franklin's is the real deal. So um, let's go.
2: Yeah. If if you didn't make that pick, I was actually going to next Uh, Troy Franklin in terms of his adjusted production profile. uh, He's just wild. And so I don't understand why more people aren't hyping him up. Maybe it is the, the, the side of frame thing. I don't know, Uh, but he's every bit, uh, the wide receiver that a lot of these guys are that I see mocked, and he's six manager. three. Yeah, he's, he's six he's three. It's not he's like Paul.
3: he's Yeah, yeah,
2: he's got recruiting pedigree. Like he was the what the highest pedigree wide receiver ever for Oregon. Like, and they've had some good yes. ones. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely cannot uh, knock that pick uh, with Troy Franklin uh, going in this range. And so, how many wide receivers does that make it for us here through? Uh, I guess 17 picks. We've got one, two, three, four, five, uh, six, six wide receivers. Yeah,
3: he's wide receiver
2: six. Yep. And we have four running backs. We've got five quarterbacks. We've got two tight ends. Um, man, and this this uh, this is the point where uh, I think I could go chalk and go with another another quarterback even, but I think I'm going to go with Will Shipley, running back. Running back Clemson, I, th- I think that uh, he's another one of those players we're just kind of overthinking because he's been kind of a big deal for three years already. Like he didn't blow, blow us out of the water with, as a feature back uh, as a true freshman in 2021 necessarily, uh, but was, you know, a, a productive r- running back that year. Had a really solid showing last season. Clemson's just not been Clemson. And so I think because he they just have not been that team, uh, we kind of forget how good will Shipley has been despite um, you know how imperfect Clemson has been as a team and so he just does everything well I, I'm not sure what round he goes exactly given the running backs that have gone thus far there's a good chance uh, that um, he he's basically like an er- early third round projection in this range but if he is I'm completely fine taking him at pick 18 overall in a superflex rookie draft if he's an early third round pick or late round round two kind of pick uh, this is the kind of range where I definitely want to take that kind of player in Will Shipley, running back Clemson. So I, I, I'm not I'm not sure how well he does down the stretch because I think Clemson probably continues to struggle offensively um, and his efficiency profile is not going to wow, but what he does well is just about everything. So Will Shipley, running back Clemson.
3: Yeah, and this one's kind of in that – I mean, it's not the same vein at all other than it's uh, it's based on what we've seen in the past and, um, and I'm going to go with the Rocket here. I know he's fallen quite a bit. He's had a really, really bad year. Arkansas has had a really, really bad year. But we have seen Raheem Sanders do it before. And, I mean, 6'2", 225 pounds, and he has an explosiveness to him. I mean, he was someone who was in the conversation uh, before the season started as as an RB1, possibly, for this year. I know we both had him very high um, last year as well. So. Uh, Rocket Sanders to me. I, I'm gonna buy the dip here and get him uh, in the second half of the second round because uh, I think he has the potential to. Uh, even if he doesn't get that 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 high draft capital, I think he, uh, if healthy, could really show uh, show out to be a a really valuable player this late in the draft.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, and I think we may we may be knocking him and dropping him too far. Here, uh, you know, having him as running back six, but it's really just tough to rank somebody so high uh, when they haven't been healthy at all in what is perhaps the most crucial season uh, to prove your draft stock. So maybe he gets healthy. And maybe
3: maybe if he has a bad season, he sticks around another year. I mean, who knows?
2: Um, That's definitely a possibility. But uh, even if that's not the case, I think we we still believe in him uh, to have kind of a pretty high NFL upside if he does put it together. So Raheem Rocket Sanders, you know, coming off of uh, last year, uh, we were all hyped. I mean, he, he was in the mix to be running back two overall in this class when the season began, and it just hasn't gone right. uh, the, the way that we would like him, it, it really, too, because 1,700 yards from scrimmage last year and being as, as amazing as he is um, as a runner and, and being a super efficient receiver on top of just being a destructive and explosive uh, runner as well. I am just concerned with the scheme, the scheme this year – uh, Dan, Dan Enos came in um, as the offensive, offensive coordinator, and I was excited to see them take maybe a couple other uh, vertical shots this year and then scheme some things up uh, that maybe prepped KJ Jefferson for the pros. And maybe he took the next step. And a lot of things just have not come together for Arkansas offensively this year. Um, maybe right. Sanders is what fixed that, fixes that. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's, maybe that's the answer. Uh, but I, I hope that's the case. Cause he, was just he's just ultra ultra talented and, and deserves to be um, in the mix at the very worst running back six range next year but here is where I'm actually going to go back and let's just cap it off and uh, finish the, the the top tier kind of quarterbacks in this draft class and I'm going to go with Bonix. as as crazy as crazy as two years ago Travis would have thought that to be bonix QB six in the draft going at pick 20 overall if he's drafted early He's probably going to go earlier than this. I'm not sure how many quarterbacks go early, but I'm going to say that there's a really good chance that he is actually uh, drafted early this year. I'm, I'm not sure how early, but because I've seen the worst of Onyx, I've seen him go crazy Yolo ball and chuck it downfield and make poor decisions, extend plays well beyond the uh, how long they should go and get himself in trouble. But the past two years, he's been a different Onyx. He's been uh, quick with his release. He's been really smart with his decisions. He basically is... Played almost perfect football this year, frankly. Like, he just does not turn the ball over. He doesn't make bad decisions. That might change this weekend. And maybe this this sounds out of date very soon. But Bo <laughs> has been fantastic uh, this year in year five. And it feels like he's been around forever because he was starting as a five star freshman for Auburn as a true freshman. Like, and so gets so. Remember his
3: opening game? His opening game?
2: Who he oh, beat? Man, I remember, oh my gosh. Yeah. Beat like my ducks, hype. man hype 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 and it uh, was what was it Seth uh Seth Williams that he hit on that last minute or last oh second gosh. connection deep touchdown I, I mean there were so many high moments that he had for Auburn but then so many frustrating lows as well yeah. Then he shows up and transfers to Oregon last year and just puts up a like a 92nd percentile kind of metric season just across the board with like 29 passing touchdowns like oh, what was it 15 rushing touchdowns like he was just one of the most uh, ridiculous players uh, in the entire country a year ago. And now he's maybe even better. Like he's more efficient as a passer. Mm -hmm. His touchdown percentage is higher. His interception interception marks are lower. Like everything is better. And I will say the one crazy thing about his profile is, uh, is that the average pressure percentage, like the the percent of your uh, dropbacks that you uh, face pressure uh, for college football, for FBS football, is around 30, 31 percent, and uh, just guess how low Bo Nix's pressure rate is?
3: Seventeen uh, percent. It is eight percent. Wow. Well, because I knew I, I, mean, I was. I listen. I listen to so many podcasts just like you do, and everyone's talking about how like this offensive line for Oregon might be one of the best in the country, and so yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah,
2: just absolutely, absolutely blown away. Uh, by that pressure rate, offensive line has been near perfect for Oregon this year, and so I get it. You know, maybe his uh, surroundings are just really inflating his numbers. But even when you adjust for the surroundings, like he's just putting up an, an absurd season. So if he continues and they're in the playoff, makes down the stretch, he's in the Heisman race. Heisman race down the stretch, his hype is going to continue to rise, and he's probably going to be mocked way earlier than this uh should indicate so quarterback six i think that probably is going to be the last quarterback that gets drafted in this mock draft today but i'm not sure so we'll see but uh, quarterback six um I, I we typically only see five or six go day one or day two uh this probably is all of those players and it might be that we get all six of them inside round two that might be what happens but yeah uh, i'm I, curious to see where you go next. i'm not gonna
3: take i'm not gonna take a quarterback here but i am gonna take someone who is a one for one throwing the ball this year for nine yards Uh, but he plays wide receiver and that's jalen mcmillan um i took roma dunze earlier this is uh his his teammate jalen um hold on uh, what a
2: freaking stat pull like why do you why do you know he's one of one
3: i don't know um i i just happened to see it earlier um he's also rushed the ball a couple times has a rushing touchdown he's mr everything well he is he's he's not leading the team in, in any one stat. He you can just tell um, he is a difference maker. Just that speed is so electric. Um, really love Jalen McMillan here. I think he could be uh, have have pretty sneaky high draft capital too. I mean we've talked about you we were just talking about Penix's numbers, um, and, and these receivers he's throwing it to uh, are, are benefiting greatly. But they're also like high high pedigree recruits from high school as well. It's not like Jalen McMillan is uh, is uh, is some secret. So uh, I love him. Uh, this late in the draft as well, big upside play.
2: Nice. Oh, to see it. Uh, I'm actually gonna maybe surprise you. You joked about this player earlier uh, being taken, but I'm seriously, I'm taking Jonathan Brooks, running
3: oh, back, I love- Texas. Uh, so and, he's uh, a redshirt sophomore. Is that what it is?
2: Yeah. So I mean, he he definitely okay. could return. Like there, there's definitely uh, not necessarily a rush for him to leave. Basically, a perfect system for what he's he's doing. Uh, he had very minimal production for the past two years. Uh, But he was, of course, behind B. Robinson, who was a top 10 pick, and behind Roshan Johnson, who was a fourth-round running back and much older and much more experienced than him. But he's in this offense, which is high-flying, incredible offense. um, But he's on pace to put up, like, 1,700 yards in the regular season. Like, if there's any postseason to Texas' play this year, he could put up a a really absurd year. Like, he could could approach uh, 2,000 yards, like, if things really – play out at at the way he's pacing and the way their schedule plays out down the stretch. And so I'm excited to see uh, just how high his stock goes, because uh, this might be really low when it's all said and done. I'm not sure how big he is. Like his less weight hasn't, uh, you know, come in, even I think above 200 pounds, most places that you look for it. Uh, So I'm not sure what he's going to weigh in at, but he's plenty athletic. He's been really explosive. He's caught the ball and not, not a bunch this year, but more so than he has in previous seasons. So, running back seven overall, I think this this is about right. Like, this is kind of a projection that hey, he's probably going to be a day two pick, but it's probably going to be a late day two pick if he's going in this range. Uh, and I, I think at this point, he's he's warranted that kind of hype.
3: Yeah, I uh, I tweeted earlier this week. Is, is am I allowed to take my victory lap on Jonathan Brooks yet? Because while everyone else was drafting Cedric Baxter um, in 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 dynasty uh, or in college canton leagues i was snapping up jonathan brooks so much later uh, because i knew he was getting the starting job because that's what they had told us and behind this offensive line uh, with that speed i was very excited so love this pick Uh, my 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 last pick is is kind of uh it's not so much based on um what i usually pick on which is uh, what i think should happen but this is what i think will happen even though i don't know if uh if he's actually gonna gonna make it in the nfl but keon coleman um to me has put up enough highlight plays and he plays at florida state who is always on the national spotlight uh jordan travis is a quarterback i absolutely love uh and, and keon coleman has had some huge games when people are watching and i think that matters i think keon coleman ends up getting a pretty decent draft capital so with my last with my last pick In in this mock draft, I want to walk away with Keon Coleman.
2: That's a bummer. I felt like I, 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 again, I wasn't going to be like super excited to take him necessarily. (laughs) He, um, he's a bit of an an enigma for me. Uh, He
3: disappears at times, huh?
2: Yeah, he really does. Like, uh, there's just games where he'll do absolutely nothing, like get literally zero catches, uh, or like show up and get like twenty two yards when you're supposed to be this dominant alpha. And then this year, he's actually. Um, like even in, in contested situations, like he's below 30% winning in contested catch situations. Like, bro, you're, you're big. Like you're supposed to be winning these, these shots.
3: And if you're not doing it now, are you going to do it in like, the next level? That's always not. a fear. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get
2: that he was uh pretty productive in, in terms of not raw stats, but like when you look at his, uh, market share numbers and his, uh, per target and per route run, whatever, uh, you, you, your favorite mi- wide receiver metric of choice, but, he, yeah, he wasn't perfect there. Uh, not even close uh, at Michigan State, and he's not perfect this year. He had two high moments. Uh, he had a great game against LSU, which, by the way, in retrospect, it's like everybody's Everyone had has. a great <laughs> game against LSU. Like they're, yeah. they're, like, maybe the worst fast defense in the Power Five. Like, it's, it's really bad. Like, they're really, really, really bad. And so, I mean, it looked great. He's, he hurtled somebody else in another game, and he had the overtime – a uh, winning touchdown in, in the Clemson game. Uh, so he's had some high moments, and I think he's going to get drafted because of those those high yeah. moments. And, uh, you know, people always swing for the fences with potential. But I'm not one that I'm just super pumped to draft this guy, you know? Like that's just uh... – <laughs> i got yeah i'm just uh, it, there's a little bit me of, too uh,
3: me too uh, but i'm doing it <laughs> but, <I> mean, <laughs> but, but at the same it.
2: time like we're approaching the end of, of round two and so like every single year how many drafts uh rookie drafts do we one see enough like really solid winning spots that we're really pumped to take these players and two are, they, are they're, they're like perfect profiles at the end of round two either like that just doesn't doesn't really happen that often so uh, so I get it. I, I get going for a player that is not necessarily incredibly sexy this year, but um, in terms of, you know, well, actually, no, that's not, yeah, the opposite. He's incredibly sexy by the you know consensus, but he's not necessarily the most consistent down to down.
3: All right, and, let's and, hear your last the last pick in the draft. Who's yeah, it going to be, Travis? The last pick. When
2: I think back to several of these times that we've done these drafts, like they, we make some silly ones because we just we go for players that we just kind of like. And they yeah. end up kind of dropping down a little bit. Um, and that's kind of what I'm going to do again. So, sorry if, if this doesn't help you out here. Uh, but Devin Neal of Kansas. Like, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Devin Neal of Kansas. Like, he's, um, you know, is he uh, going to be a first-round running back? There's absolutely no way. Is he going to be a day-two running back? It's a possibility. Uh, the way that he's been playing this year, he's averaging almost eight yards per carry. Like, they basically – he's not even been like a incredibly like high – um usage kind of running back in terms of like 90 right you know running back share of the backfield or whatever but he's been one of the best runners most consistent down-to-down runners in the country he's averaging almost uh four almost four yards after contact as well um and he can catch the ball as well uh he's got 14 catches almost 200 receiving yards so he's one of those do-it-all kind of players that even if he drops to day two he's going to be everyone's favorite player because he runs angry. he's really fun there are going to be so many people hyping up Devin Neal, regardless of what happens. <laughs> um yeah. that, that I, I'm excited to see what happens with him because playing for K- Kansas, you're surrounded by less than perfect circumstances at all times. Like it just like that, like, I know they've gotten better, um, and they've been a cool story at times. Uh, and, but this year, they've been without their uh, starting quarterback, so they've been running like a, a bunch of option plays. Like they they were, like, I don't know how many plays that were essentially just triple option concepts that they ran with Jason Bean and the few games that he's been in there. So it's just been an odd situation. And so uh, he's not gotten the hype just yet, but I think he will. And so to round out round two and uh, the 24th pick in the 2024 rookie mock draft 1.0 Devin Neal running back Kansas. So just to recap round two of this mock draft, we had Jatavian Sanders or JT Sanders tied in Texas. Michael Michael Penix, Jr., uh, quarterback, Washington. Quinn Ewers, quarterback, Texas. Raylan Allen, running running back, Wisconsin. Troy Franklin, wide receiver, Oregon. Uh, Will Shipley, running back, Clemson. Raheem Sanders, Raheem Rocket Sanders, running back, Arkansas. Bo Nix, Oregon, quarterback. uh, Jalen McMillan, wide receiver, Washington. Jonathan Brooks, running back, Texas. Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. And Devin Neal, running back, Kansas.
3: Any, my, any more my, more big, my big easier. takeaway, yeah. My big takeaway, uh, no, no Alabama players taken, not one, not one. Yeah,
2: it's um, Jalen Noro is not that dude, like, he <laughs> he has gotten better as a passer, actually. and uh, surprisingly, this year, um, he almost leads the nation in driving kill, uh, drive killing plays, uh, per game, which are sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. So, not great there. Um, so he's yeah. got a lot to figure out. He's not your, uh, normal hyped up, uh, quarterback. And then at running back, they have Jason McClellan and Roydale Williams and, you know, they're okay, but, uh, neither have really wowed. And I know a couple years ago, people wanted to force Jason McClellan into being a thing, but he just hasn't been, uh, and really the, the best yeah. running back on the team is probably Justice Haynes and they've, they haven't even the true freshman, and they haven't even really unlocked him just yet. Uh, so, yeah, it's really weird. And the wide receivers, uh, literally all of them are letting us down at this point. Uh, Isaiah Bond has flashed at times. Jermaine Burton finally had an incredible game this past week. Yeah, he, he did. it together down the stretch and uh, rises up into this conversation. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, he's kind of been hyped up uh, at certain times, even when he was at Georgia. Uh, but, man, like Malik Benson, people really wanted him to be a, a you know, a Juco transfer-like phenomenon. Uh, for them and he's not been that guy. Jacord Brooks has been in Nick Saban's doghouse all year. Yeah. To the point at which um like he won't even talk about it. Like it's it's really weird. Like and they're just not having him on the field almost ever. So yeah, it, it, he's not going to come out this year. I would imagine Jacord Brooks just transfers. Transfers obviously. out. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, got to that's something happened there that we just don't know. Uh because he was the guy last year. Um so yeah. disappointing to say the least. But yeah, and they don't even have like an elite tight end next year uh, Amarna, uh or this year Amari yes. black is actually really good like he's a i guess red shirts uh freshman or whatever sophomore or whatever second year um and he was is actually rostered in a couple of my really deep nerdy leagues nice. but um maybe he becomes that kind of player for them but he's not been a high volume target at tight end so yeah it's just weird that we have no alabama players at all yeah crazy but yeah, that's all the time I have. Uh, you know, there are several names we could get in uh, to today, but that's all the time we have for this episode of College Again. We'll get back into some NFL takes here soon, and uh, not just college players, uh, but we'll go we'll go back and forth. So, if this was your first time, please uh, come back, and we'll we'd be glad to have you. And please uh, leave a rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, find me on Twitter at ff underscore Travis M. If you want to have any questions, feel free to DM me. Uh, they're actually open which is great sometimes and not so great. Others, please do (laughs) uh, reach out uh, anytime with questions. We want to get it on the show. Stay fun. You can find him at stay fun. Laco L a K O on Twitter slash X. uh, And feel free to reach out to any of us uh, anytime. We just love talking football, but stay fun. Any parting words before we go?
3: Oh no. Just uh, looking forward to another amazing week of football, Oregon, Washington. Let's go Ducks. And uh, we've got some CU Friday night, Friday the 13th at yeah. Folsom Field. So it'll be, it'll be a fun weekend. Yeah, it's going
2: to be a blast. But uh, until next time, you guys enjoy football season, and we'll uh, talk soon on another
3: get in podcast.